Welcome to the Globe Trotten ADs. This podcast is for you, athletic directors, activity coordinators, coaches, and program associates based in international schools around the world. The Globe Trotten ADs is proudly hosted by Nick DeForest from the American International School Vienna and Matt Fleming from the American International School of Budapest. Here they are now, Nick and Matt and the Globetrotten ADs. There we go. Hello, welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Globetrotten ADs. I am running solo today. I'm Nick DeForest without my colleague Matt, who's homesick, but we had this uh, appointment, this meeting. We want to get this episode done and out to you because it's going to be some great stuff, like all of the episodes. But yeah, someone new to the program. Uh, from a new country, too. We haven't had anyone from Israel on the show yet. And uh, we want to welcome Idu Yafet Pedro. Welcome. Hi. Thank you very much, Nick. I'm super glad to be here. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, we met each other back in Brussels. We were both there for the Coaching for a Greater Purpose conference. And for Correct. the people people that listen to all the episodes, we did a roundtable, and your voice is to be heard in that roundtable. And then, um, yeah, we talked a bit after and, uh, yeah, with some emails, yeah. here we are. Absolutely. I'm very excited to be here. It's a, it's always a joy and a privilege to, uh, to speak, uh, to, to speak and to, to share my uh, passion and my, uh, my, en- my endeavors and everything that I've been uh, going through with my program, which I'll mm-hmm. be more than happy to elaborate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we do that. Um, and, yeah. and get into the program and, and, and everything that, yeah. that someone can take out of it. Just give us a little bit about your, your background because you, you've been all over and uh, you have a, um, you've coached in international schools too. So yeah, just share a little bit before we get going. Of course. So uh, all together I've been uh, 11 years overseas mm-hmm. outside of Israel, uh, coaching in, uh, in Hanoi in Vietnam in the United Nations International School. Mm-hmm for for three years that was just awesome in terms of culture in terms of uh, uh, the kids and the amount of nationalities that played on the team and that were present on on campus mm-hmm. uh, afterwards we moved to the netherlands for four years wow. and i've coached there as well uh, my background i was a professional uh, uh, player mm-hmm. volleyball player mm-hmm. in the israeli uh, national uh, in the Israeli league, first league. And afterwards, I started coaching by the age of 20, 21, after I finished with the army. And I just, it was just, this is my passion. Sports is my passion. Volleyball is my passion. And along the years, um, I was just able to, uh, to back it up with some studies. I did a first degree in physical education and the life sciences. And since I was always drawn into the business world and to, to get to know people, uh, I continue. I continued with the master's in business administration. Mm-hmm. And after about eight years of studying, uh, yeah, during this time, yeah. I also uh, coached, mm-hmm. and it was just yeah. This is this is my passion. That's nice. And I want to ask, because Israel, I, when I was there, I saw some great volleyball being played on the beaches. Um, yeah. 
beach volleyball indoor both with, with yeah i i play i played the indoor volleyball yeah. which is totally different sport than sure. beach volleyball sure and but yeah you are absolutely right beach volleyball is a big thing in israel now and for a while now yeah. and uh, also you can see people start embracing you know playing volleyball with their foot <laughs> so <laughs> israel is all about improvisation and uh, innovation yeah. yeah yeah that's great that's great um all right all right well let's uh you know what you've what you've created from from your background in coaching and and loving the sport and and then your your education is it's called the inner credit creator right Correct. can yeah. you uh, just explain that a little bit or, or what what it stands for of course so the inner credit creators um, the inner is obviously something that's within mm-hmm. uh, the credit stands for c for consistency okay r for relations okay. uh, e for expertise mm-hmm. d for dependability I for inspiration mm-hmm. and T for tact. Tact, okay. Basically, what I did is, you know, when you take, uh, when we were kids, we had this piggy, this small piggy with this many, many coins inside that mm-hmm. our parents sure. gave us, and we tossed it inside. And just imagine that you take this small piggy, you shake it really, really hard, and then you throw it on the ground and it breaks. Okay. And then all those small pieces and uh, the analogy has to do with trust. Mm-hmm. The initial idea is how to gain trust. Okay. How can coaches gain trust in all the dimensions? How can how can they be trustworthy mm-hmm. with the, their stakeholders if it has to do with the with their managers, with their athletes, right. with with the, the parents of the, the athletes? Basically, the whole stakeholders and, and the community itself, in order to to enhance and to empower and to to and to see a steady and gradual growth mm-hmm. of the community. This is this is what I had in mind. Okay. And after working in so many uh, in, in in those years, and I've seen different cultures on the court and off the court, and I managed to understand a couple of things. I managed to understand that so many coaching schools and coaching academies mm-hmm. are putting their tone and their emphasis uh, on the technical and the tactical part. Right. I mean, if you would look on the syllabus of the coaching academy, you would mostly see about 80 to 85% uh, st- uh, uh, material that has to do with uh, biomechanics, physiology, anatomy, right. and which is very important. It's 100% important, but we need to, I believe that we need to start prioritizing it in a way that the psychological part and the soft skills part right. has to get a much more significant chunk of this whole syllabus. Right. So when I saw that and after being on the court as an athlete and after being on the court as a coach, mm-hmm. I, I realized that there are so many uh, small, you remember this piggy that we threw on the floor. So yeah. all those small, small pieces that has to do with, uh, with the coach, because we are aiming, I'm aiming for the coach. I want to 
the the whole program is mm-hmm. the journey that the coach is supposed to undertake okay great so the the idea is that the coach is basically is on the court and there are so many small details that the coach needs to be aware of while he's during practice while he gives a speech before a game in the in the dressing room while they're while they're during the game and obviously after the game feedback and how all those things are done sometimes there is the feeling that the coach is uh, is the function that uh, uh, does so much on one hand Mm -hmm. and is expected to do much more but to my understanding and According to my experience, the tools that I got was insufficient. Yeah, yeah. If it makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I, I, that's the thing where international schools sometimes are lucky when they employ the teachers as coaches, right? Because at least they've had the, the teacher training. But even still, we exactly. expect our teachers to, to be all of those things and psychologists as well a, a lot of the times, right? Absolutely. So that's the thing. That's the thing. You, we expect the we expect the coaches to 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 form some some something out of the team. Yeah. So we start this we start the season. For example, now we start the winter season, where whether it's basketball or swimming or whatever it is, mm-hmm. we have a coach who is at least semi uh, uh, su- uh, sufficient to coach, mm-hmm. and we hope that something comes up. We, we hope that something is is being woven there right there is the the team you know the team dimension that the coach needs to build yeah there is the individual goals and the team goals yeah. that the, the coach needs to build under this you know constraint which called you know it's about 16 weeks altogether gross mm-hmm. if you also you know you add the Christmas break and Thanksgiving sure. and all those breaks so the coach needs to be a magician. <laughs> and sometimes it's quite difficult, we have sure. to say. It's quite challenging. Yeah. There's lots of different things to deal with, you know, like just at our school, we, you know, the coaches are, they're dealing with me or our office, right? They're with the yeah. players, of course, but with the parents and then maybe with other teachers that are, you know, asking them about kids missing class or how they behave. There's all sorts of different kinds of people you need to relate to and be accountable to, Absolutely. right? So Absolutely. So you you help and wanna um, you recognize this need right obviously and you and you help coaches yeah. I think you know be more impactful and 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 have fun while doing it so um, tell us a bit about the the journey that you would put the coaches on I would say in your program okay, so I'll, I'll I'll explain yeah um, my program again has the the, the inner credit creator mm-hmm. has to do with taking the coach from the different pillar skills that the program has mm-hmm. for example as we said the credit mm-hmm. which links to trust so c for consistency each pillar skill of those initials this the credit initials has to do with uh, has inside has has in store different steps mm-hmm. so for example consistency has to do with ambition first step of that is ambition Mm-hmm. Now, 
ambition is something that everyone heard about it, knows mm. something about it. <laughs> but sometimes when you are in the orientation of a coach or a team, it's tricky to put everything together. Sure. So because everything everyone comes from different backgrounds. Yeah. The workload of the of the athletes is quite high. Yeah. And we need to make sure that when they arrive to, to practice, they are there. Yeah. They present, they live the moment, and they absorb as much as they could. And this is our job as coaches, right. to facilitate their success, our athletes' success. Right. So in order to do that, the journey basically um, starts with how to become more consistent. Mm -hmm. So you have to define the goal. You have to define the ambition. Right. You have to make sure that you're accountable to what you're doing. You have to create the safe environment. So there are several steps which are completely teachable. And here is the thing. What makes sense about it is that it's hands-on and it's chronological in order. Mm -hmm. So everything makes sense and, and, wraps, and wraps it in a way that it, uh, it basically it, it entails you have, for example, uh, I'll give you an example from one of the pillar skills, which is relation. Relation is all about building the, the connection with, with our athletes, right. or with our ADs or with our, the, the parents, any kind of stakeholder within the community. So the, the, the second step of, of uh, relation is intent. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to, uh, to, to encourage uh, curiosity, an inquiring environment. I need to be able to let let my athletes feel that the, their questions are not an embarrassment for them. Mm -hmm. This is a way for them to learn and to grow. Mm -hmm. And and by by setting an example, I ask at least twenty five to hundred questions per practice. Wow. And it can be from a questions of anatomy. It can be a question of what makes sense to you when you when you uh, bump, if it's volleyball. Mm -hmm. uh, how would you collaborate better at a certain uh, game condition? Right. And what it does basically, it it triggers the curiosity of the players. So yeah. if, if the player before he came, his girlfriend told him something <laughs> that made him agitated, yeah. and he's all. Uh, uh, crossed during the practice, right. I need I need to transform his thinking and his mindset, and to make sure that he's pre present during the practice. Yeah, I need him there. Yeah, and asking the questions is a great way to get their mind thinking on something else, right? Exactly. Yeah. We can we can basically communicate in two in two types of and verbally. I mean, in two yeah. types of uh, of methods. One, we can we can make statements. Mm -hmm. Or we can ask questions. Yeah. Now, I find it much more engaging to ask questions, and I find it much more enriching for the long run yeah. to ask the questions, and then we develop some kind of dialogue between you know all the all everyone, right. which 
basically everyone adds on to the other person's uh, uh, answer. Yeah. And then and then we try it on report, and then we give feedback to one another, mm -hmm. and then we see how it looks. And this is exactly how the program works. So each step mm -hmm. we have uh, some kind of a learning uh, phase mm -hmm. of the step. Then we have an exercise, mm -hmm. and then we go and give feedback. So for okay. example, if we learn about intent, as we said, intent, yeah. a, drill in, a drill in intent would be, and it doesn't matter if you come from swimming, it's a generic, uh, it's a generic uh, exercise that is valid for every sport. So if you take it to, to I and I always I my my major is volleyball. So I the idea is make someone else's success yours yeah. if, when it comes to intent. That's great, yeah. Many many people wouldn't necessarily agree, but what do you mean make someone else's success mine? I mean my success is mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you, as a parent you 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 know you get joy when your kids are having fun, right? You you have you're happy when they're happy, right? To to dumb it down. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the same thing, right? But, yeah. but sometimes I remember as a player, I used to have a very good friend played with me. And he was a setter in volleyball. Mm -hmm. And every time he was subbed out, when he sat on the bench, he was he always after the game he told me, Do you know? I was I wanted the team to, to lose. Mm-hmm. I won't forget that. <laughs> and I, and as as a kid I found it funny because yeah. he was a funny guy, regardless. Sure. But when you grow up and, and you understand mm -hmm. that, you know, different and conflict of interest within yeah. the team, this is something that you need to work on yeah. as a coach. Yeah. So it was very important to, to tackle that as coach yeah. and to make sure that everyone is on the same page. Right. And uh, just, you know, making sure that uh, even if I'm on the court or I'm on the bench, we're still one aggregated, strong team. Yeah. yeah, I like that, you know, just going back to the curious and asking questions, you know, I, I say to my, my teams every, every year, every season, you know, when you're with me out here, it's an hour and a half practice, it doesn't matter what happened before you, your math test, your boyfriend, uh, your girlfriend, whatever, I, I say it all the time, just give me the time when you're here. And, and uh, you'll be better off. But I think that's easy for some people, but not not easy for everybody. So asking questions. Um, constantly, you know, having them making sure they're thinking, thinking, thinking and not exactly. and not just doing, you know. Exactly. Yeah, because when, when you make statements, yeah. let's say you make a statement that the world was uh, the world was composed in six days, for example. And then and then people think about it. your your athletes think about it. Mm -hmm. And then you say another statement, but they're not with you anymore because they're still thinking about your first statement. Right. But when you ask questions, yeah. you get answers. Yeah. And when you get answers, it evolves. Yeah, the learning so just... this is for me. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you say, I want to be more motivated. I want you... I, as coach, I used to say in my, my, my first... The early years as a coach, I used to say, guys, we need to be more motivated. We need to be on the court. We need to be more focused. Mm -hmm. And this is something that, okay. And then I put myself in the shoes of my athlete. But what does it mean? Yeah. What does it mean to be more focused? Okay, I'm fo I feel like I'm focused. Yeah. yeah. You have to teach the tools to help them be more focused, right? I mean, that's... Exactly. That's exactly.
that that's the thing you need to you need to lead them there yeah. Yeah. you need to facilitate the way you need right. to put all those small plants for them to harvest right. because they they still they don't know exactly how it's done right. they know that they are motivated they know that they are there to do the best they can but right. it's your job to make them shine everyone in his own sure. way and i think that's how kids are changing now you know I, i've been coaching over 30 years i guess and kids just or when i played kids just listen to their coach the coach says this this is why we're doing it and we're doing it but that's not the way anymore kids don't just do what you tell them because you're the coach right they need to know why they want to know why um not just to help them learn but to understand what they're doing out there so Absolutely. the more you know, more a coach can can explain things of why we're doing this or why this is important whether it's a yeah soft skill or a or a sport specific skill it's it's valuable yeah, it's interesting yeah. it's interesting that you're saying that because one of the steps in the inspirational mm -hmm. in the i is that is choice mm -hmm. choice has to do with me as as a coach i'm i'm not necessarily a leader right. as you said i'm a coach the coach said to do that you know the coach like simon said to do that Mm -hmm. it's it doesn't work anymore i, I yeah. don't think that the kids are smarter than what that uh, in comparison to what we were yeah. when we were athletes <laughs> but they're definitely they've got more they they've got more sophisticated right they are they have much more room and and uh, a privilege to ask questions right. and we are much more tolerant than our coaches and i think it's a beautiful trend i mm -hmm. think this is the right way to go yeah and basically, this is what the whole the whole program, as I said, takes you step by step to reach all those. Uh, it's it's interesting that you say that because, <laughs> as I said at the beginning, yeah. us coaches, we know we know we know that yeah. because in our essence, it's innate within us to uh, that we are givers. Coaches are givers. Yeah, I I believe so. Yeah, absolutely. And as givers, we just want to make sure that we have benevolence around us, that, that the kids get what they need to get. And we feel bad if we see that someone is dissatisfied at the end of practice, at the end of game. And we always think how we should improve uh, that, that kind of uh, situation. Right. So right. everything has to do with choice for them to choose that they want to be on the court because when they choose, they are getting connected into something that's bigger than them. Cookery are a global multi-sport clothing brand specializing in providing the world's most prestigious schools with bespoke made and designed team uniforms for students of all standards and abilities. If you are frustrated by inconsistent colors, branding, costs, and sizing across your school's uniforms, then it's time to discuss an offering where every sport is available from softball to soccer for male and female athletes at rates to suit your budget. To find out how Cookery could elevate the apparel of your student athletes to a professional level, email the team at contact at cookerysports.com. A dedicated sales manager will offer you a quote today. Mention this ad and receive a special offer on your coach or PE staff order. Yeah, well, let's yeah. let's switch from their their team to something a bit bigger. And well, you know, I I've written a book and it's called a global playbook, and a lot of it is is about how a whole school can improve 
if they focus on their athletics, they can improve their whole school community, right? Everything awesome. in that community can improve. Um, yeah. So thinking about communities, we you mentioned it a little bit, but how important do you think competitive sports are to our communities? First of all, congr- big congratulations on your book. It's, it's a huge step, and I think it's it's it takes courage to do that, and I think you just put yourself out there, and it's I think it's it's empowering and it's great. Thank so you. congrats yeah. for that. <laughs> Secondly, um, in terms of communities, I said the team for me is a microcosmos of 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 the community, mm-hmm. because the community has several forces that supposed to work together mm-hmm. in order to to enrich itself and to empower all the individuals within it. Right. So when it, when it comes to communities, if we're talking about parents, you know, uh, one day I just I did a, a walk on the park and I saw this soccer game and I heard parents yelling on the ref. Mm. What are you doing? There was a foul, and the kid, and another parent was was screaming at, at some other kid. He doesn't know how to play. Put him down to the bench, you know. Take him to. I was like, what are you doing? What this is not the an appropriate way to 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 tackle it. Sure. So when we talk about community, we're talking about for me. If I had, a, a, let's say below average player as a son and I would go watch him it doesn't matter I don't care about his performance right I care for his courage to stand on the court and to experiment his abilities his strength to tackle and his challenging parts when it comes to to the individual uh, capabilities mm-hmm. on the pitch and for me I just enjoy watching you play Right. This is what I like. Because yeah. if, and if we go back to a competitive to the competitive part, I mm-hmm. think competitive part is something that it's so important in our lives, especially from a younger age. Because and I differ between you know competitive orientation and win orientation. Mm-hmm. It's totally different thing. When you when you have this win orientation, for me it's something that if I'm not winning. I'm a loser. Mm. A or B. And we right. need, exactly. It's binary, as you say. Yeah. It's, it's either there's one or zero. And it's totally not. Because, and I'll tell you a small anecdotal story about it, if it's okay. Sure, sure. <laughs> I remember when I was when I was coaching basketball in, in Vietnam with the varsity girls, we went to Kobe in Japan. It's a small man-made island in Japan. Mm-hmm. And um, we, it was a super tournament of 12, 12, uh, 12 teams. Mm-hmm. And we did well. We ended up seventh in the seventh place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was totally uh, satisfied. I, I know that the girls did whatever they could as team, as individual, to, to do the best performance they could. And we ended up seventh, and it didn't bother me at all. But do you know, at the end of those games, there is the ceremony, the closing ceremony. Mm-hmm. And when the AD says, uh, you know, he gives out the trophies and uh, says some words about sportsmanship and all those things. And you could have seen, and this is this is a vision that I will never I will never forget. You saw 11 teams, 
with their faces to the ground. Wow. They were devastated. Mm -hmm. They felt bad. Then there was one team that was, you know, ecstatic. They were, you know, in, their mood was amazing. Obviously, they won the tournament. Right. But is this something that we want to encourage? Yeah. Is this the, this win orientation? Is this, just imagine it's 8.3% of the attendees that are happy. Yeah. You've got another 91.7% of sure. the, that they are not happy. The right. majority are, it's not that they are not happy. They are with the faces to the ground. They are yeah. sad. Yeah. I mean, so this is something that has to change from the root. Sure. Sure. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, you fail more than you than you succeed, right? I mean, how many years do yeah. people play and how many championships do they win, right? It's uh, Exactly. Yeah, That's lose. why it's even more important to understand that failure is not right. a person. Failure is an event. Yeah. It's a feedback. Yeah. What? I was a baseball player. And, really? Uh, okay. And, and the if you if you get a hit in baseball in the in the major leagues, if you get a hit okay. three out of ten times, then okay. you're often in the Hall of Fame. You're that good, and you okay. that means you fail seven out of ten <laughs> times. Yeah. So that's a good sport to to recognize. You know, all failure is bad, and you know, get back yes, out there. Yes, and, yes. I mean, thirty yeah. percent. What it basically means that the thirty percent is much. Much more substantial than yeah. the, the remaining seventy. Absolutely, yeah. But if if we go back to the competitive orientation, yeah. for me the competitive orientation gives the, the the athletes and the coaches gives them a set of skills that prepare them so well to the real life after right. after the school. So if it has to do with all sorts of of adversities uh, on on court and when i say adversities it's not you know necessarily something bad it can be something challenging sure. something that sure. for me i need to deal with and i can definitely work it out mm -hmm. but i need to work it out i right. can't just you know sweep it under the carpet right. Right. one thing secondly is when you put kids together that strive for one goal mm -hmm. this is exactly how things work in real life. Yeah. yeah. Community-wise, corporates, you know, schools, and the community is just one, one type of group within another bigger group and another bigger group, which is basically the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we want, yeah, we want to make an impact as big as possible. Right. I think that's why the time we have with, uh, with our athletes, you know, is short, right? even in that season, in that one practice, that season is short. So to make, some, make the most of it and make the most impact that we can is, is really important. Definitely. That's yeah. why I always say to coaches, even if you touched one ball mm -hmm. within the team and, and this, this athlete goes with something that you uh, left mm -hmm. with her, with him, I think it's enough with this short time frame yeah. and uh, all the challenges throughout the season. Absolutely. If if you touched one soul, you did your job yeah. as an educator, as a coach, and uh, it's a big thing. Well, you know, we're we're speaking the same language a lot. You know, you mentioned it in some of the things back and forth where we we touch on the same same points, and uh, yeah. they're important ones. 
but I think it's great that, that you've put something together to, to help reach coaches that maybe aren't speaking the same language as us right now, or, or maybe not on all yeah. those different levels. So, um, any little thing and, you know, if, as we're trying to make connections to our students, you know, um, you have to reach coaches in different ways and makes connections to them. So, uh, if your program can reach, uh, and connect with, with coaches, uh, who are then in turn going to go and connect with more students. It's, it's fantastic. So if people have enjoyed the conversation today and, and they're listening, um, that they should reach out to you and get some more info the way that you can either help them or, or yeah. help their coaches. So how can someone do I that? Mean, I'm, 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 first of all, I'm so passionate, you know, to work with people and to share my work after so such a long time of being a coach and mm -hmm. working with kids from multicultural backgrounds for me to just be awesome to share these uh, insights yeah. that I've built into one framework. Right. Uh, I can be reached um, via cell phone. I can be reached via email. My, do you want me to say that? Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in the, in the, in the notes for sure. But if, okay. So my yeah. cell phone number is a, uh, Plus nine seven two five three two seven zero one four seven nine. Okay. This is my phone number, and uh, my email is I for information, D for David, <laughs> O for opportunity, <laughs> uh, Y for uh, yellow nine zero at gmail.com. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, that's great. And that just shows, you know, you're, you're ready given, uh, your cell phone number as, as often we do it, that, you know, you're just eager to connect with people. So that's great. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Great. As much as possible. You know, it, it, it basically, it ignites me. It ignites. I say, I think people who want to, want to engage with other people, want to share ideas, want to, to, to give, you know, when you basically giving is, giving is the whole secret of life for me. Giving is living. Living is giving. The um, I've learned this term through our uh, American colleagues in the NIAAA. Um, they they build it around the term servant leadership, and uh, being a servant leader. And I really like that. And that's exactly what you just what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In other words, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, listen. We always yeah. we're not done yet. Almost, but um, you know, I've had the fantastic opportunity of come to to come to Israel and. I came for a meeting from the, with the American school and stayed in Tel Aviv and, okay. and toured around. It was fantastic. Um, but for anybody out there, um, yeah. share something with us. What's, uh, you know, your favorite food, favorite thing to do, something people can't okay. miss when they come. Give us, <laughs> give us something great. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So the Sea of Galilee is amazing. It used to be the, the, the major, the major uh, water uh, supply in Israel. Mm-hmm. A lot of people they do you know suck the small uh, yeah. surfboard so a lot of people do that and uh, you can you can sky you can not sky sorry you can do a, a, a wind surfing there mm -hmm. and the weather is amazing the food is the flavors is just you know the, you eat it and you're like Okay, where you take the next bite and you're in a different adventure. The third, it's just <laughs> the tastes are so. The taste, I think, reflect the diversity of of, uh, of the cultures that arrived to Israel about 60, 70 years ago. Right. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. The food and the the scenery and it's so 
Israel is, on one hand is so tiny. Mm-hmm. In uh, seven hours, you basically cross Israel from north to south. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's so diverse that you've got the desert, you've got the, you've got mountainous side, you've got uh, you've got uh, snow in the winter. Yeah, wow. Uh, it's very diverse, and it's really, really people are totally outgoing, and it's just it's an, an amazing experience to be a tourist in Israel. Great. Well, thanks. Well, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing your program, your um, your passion, obviously, of, yeah. of not just coaching kids, but uh, helping coaches um, get better. And uh, yeah, 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 chatting with me this Thank evening. you very much. It was a big, big pleasure. Thank you very much. Nick. You're very welcome. It's great to connect again after Brussels, and I'm sure we'll, we'll meet each other again sometime soon. So. Yeah. Until next week, this has been another episode of the Globetrotten ADs.